Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, President of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. We have with us this afternoon uh, the Secretary of State, Frank LaRose, will be on the program. We'll be talking about the upcoming special election on August 8th. Uh, that's uh, issue one. That is to raise the uh, constitutional amendment uh, passage increase to 60%. The Ohio Christian Alliance favors that issue. We're urging a vote yes on issue one. In fact, churches can take positions on issues. In fact, we have a bulletin insert available on our website right now. It's the Issue 1 Bulletin Insert. It can be distributed to your congregants, and you can download that at our website, print and download it. Uh, Also, if you need printed versions of the Bulletin Insert, let us know. Phone our office, contact us through our website, and we'll make sure that you are shipped out some Bulletin Inserts for your congregation. Of course, this is the special election of August 8th, and it's Issue 1. We're going to talk about that in detail. I also want to tell you about the Freedom Banquet this Thursday, June 22nd. 7 p.m. is dinner, 6 p.m. is reception at the Akron Fairlawn Hilton. This is actually our annual Freedom Banquet. We are having a rally on Issue 1, but you do need to register because it's a fundraising dinner for the Ohio Christian Alliance. And you can do that at our website at ohioca.org or just search Ohio Christian Alliance. And right there at the top, you can register for the banquet. We hope that you'll join us. Uh, that evening, we'll have Robert Sprague, the, se- uh, the Treasurer of State, with us. Also, Secretary of State Frank LaRose, uh, State Representatives Melanie Miller and Brian Stewart, and the President of Ohio Right to Life, Mike Gonadakis, will be with us as well. We'll have plenty of material for you to redistribute to your citizens group, to your community group, and to your church at the event. We'll also have uh, yard signs on Issue 1. And again, you can register for that at our website at ohioca.org. Well, without any further ado, let's uh, talk to our Secretary of State, who's been very busy this last quarter, in this spring quarter of the year. Uh, Mr. Secretary, welcome to the program. Well, hey, good to talk to you, Chris, and looking forward to being there at the Freedom Banquet this Thursday. It's going to be great to uh, gather with fellow people of faith who care about the civic life of our state, and uh, looking forward to the conversation. Well, absolutely. And so this year has been very interesting as this uh, was a vigorous debate at the State House on Issue 1 and, of course, um, the um, effort to safeguard Ohio's Constitution. Uh, this is not a new idea or a novel idea. This has actually been around for a while. We had uh, State Representative Brian Stewart, who is an attorney and serves in the Ohio General Assembly. He actually championed what was HDR 1, which is the measure to raise the constitutional amendment increase to 60%. In fact, Ohio is only one of eight states uh, that has a simple majority passage to actually amend our Constitution, and that's led to some really quirky things on the ballot over the years, including, for our standpoint, the casino issue, and especially when you had um, addresses of where these casinos were to be in the locations, and it was really carving out uh, a deal for certain individuals. That was ridiculous, and they had a lot of money. They uh, utilized the uh, opening of early voting, uh, and uh, they took advantage of that, and they were able to pass four casinos in the state of Ohio. That's just one of them. But there's other things in there as well. 
And so I'm going to let you get to the details because you have these things down by memory. But uh, when we look at the U.S. Constitution, it was only amended 27 times, and the founders wisely realized that we want this to be an enduring document that establishes our rights, our privileges, our freedoms, and uh, not easily to be uh, amended on the whims of uh, any kind of uh, Congress that would come and go, but that it would take, uh, let's see, two-thirds of the Congress and three-fourths of the states to ratify a constitutional amendment on the federal level. Tell us about your feelings about with our state constitution. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. And, you know, I guess I should mention, I've always felt that the U.S. Constitution is even a divinely inspired document. I mean, the wisdom of our founders to uh, construct it the way that it was constructed, um, I think that uh, I think that it uh, involves the Lord's blessing uh, over this nation and, and, and has for our uh, now close to 250 years of history. If you think about this, the U.S. Constitution is the most durable, enduring constitution in all of human history. No constitution of any nation has survived as long as the U.S. Constitution. As you mentioned, it's been amended 27 times. It is possible to amend the U.S. Constitution, but it's not easy. It's not supposed to be easy to change the founding charter of your nation. And and let's talk about what constitutions are for. This is kind of back to seventh grade uh, civics class or something. Constitutions really exist for two main reasons. One is to lay out the basic functioning of government, three branches, separation of power, how a bill becomes a law, you know, the basic nuts and bolts of how your government's going to operate. That's one thing that constitutions are meant for. And the other thing is fundamental unalienable rights, such as the right to freedom of speech, freedom uh, of religion, and freedom uh, to assemble, uh, uh, keep and bear arms, uh, not self-incriminating. That often overlooked Third Amendment to the U.S. Constitution is not quartering troops. And as a uh, active reservist in the Army, when I stay at a friend's house, I often uh, will uh, comment to them that I'm violating their Third Amendment rights. <laughs> <laughs> having them quarter a troop. But listen, these are the... Well, well for the listener's sake, you are still serving. You're, a, you're our Secretary of State, a full-time job, absolutely, but you're also continuing to serve in the U.S. service. Tell us about that, about the Army. Yeah, just like thousands of other Ohioans who serve as a Guard or Reserve members, I serve as a military reservist, uh, serve in a uh, U.S. Army Special Forces Unit, uh, and enjoy being an Army Green Beret on the weekends, if you will. Uh, and so when I'm not being Secretary of State LaRose, I get to be Sergeant First Class LaRose. And, and for me, it's a uh, it's a labor of love and honestly something I look forward to. I don't want to describe it as an avocation or a hobby because it's obviously so much more than that, but it is time I enjoy uh, getting to uh, put on the uniform and spend time uh, with my brothers and sisters who defend this nation, and it's truly an honor to do that. So, uh, you know, constitutions exist for basic fundamental rights and the basic functioning of government. Uh, if you look at the, the difference between our state constitution and the U.S. Constitution, as we said, the U.S. Constitution has been amended 27 times. It's nearly 7,000 words long. It fits in your pocket. Uh, we all have our pocket constitutions that, that, that uh, you know, you can carry with you in your shirt pocket. Well, I can tell you that the state constitution does not fit in your shirt pocket because <laughs> at this point, it has been amended nearly 200 times to include, as you mentioned, things that really don't belong in a constitution, like uh, casinos and, 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 and all manner of other things. And it's nearly 70,000 words long, so it's 10 times longer than the U.S. Constitution. Chris, what has happened here is it's been abused. 
It's been used for legislating, lawmaking. Lawmaking via constitutional amendment is not good government. These are topics that should be debated in the state legislature and considered by both chambers and considered by the governor for his signature or veto. Uh, There's ways for the citizens to change the law, and issue one doesn't change that. Citizens can still make a law change with a 50% plus one vote, even after issue one passes, and that's called the initiated statute process. And citizens have another way to repeal laws, effectively a citizen veto, if you will, through the referendum process that happened just 10 years ago here in Ohio, and citizens have the ability to do that with a 50% plus one vote. And so when the left says this is about majority rule and that it's going to make it harder for citizens to change the law, that's a lie. It's completely and demonstrably false. All that issue one does is says that the Constitution, the very founding charter of our state, should be handled different than day-to-day lawmaking. If you're going to change the very foundational document of our state, you should have a consensus, a broad consensus of Ohioans, including left and right and urban and rural, you should be able to get a larger number of Ohioans behind your idea. Or the way I've described it, if you've got about 51 or 52 percent of Ohioans who support your idea, whatever that idea may be, you can go work with the legislature. You can propose an initiated statute law change. In a lot of ways, you can get your idea done if you've got 51 or 52 percent of Ohioans that like your idea. But if you don't have at least 60 percent, you should leave our Constitution alone. And certainly something like this radical abortion amendment does not belong in our Constitution. But this is not all it's about. The left is trying to mischaracterize this. Another lie that they are telling, including using my own words out of context, they took a 10 minute speech and picked their favorite 10 seconds out of it. They're trying to say this is exclusively about abortion. I'm pro-life. You're pro-life. Of course, we want to keep a bad radical abortion amendment out of our Constitution. But this is about so many other things. We suspect that in just a couple of weeks, we're going to get uh, you know people bringing uh, to our office this abortion amendment. They want to put that in this, this November. But next year, uh, we've already heard of people gathering signatures to put a $15 an hour minimum wage in the Constitution. People want to do things to set government controls over Uh, prescription drug prices, uh, maybe something with marijuana. None of those things belong in the Constitution. Go debate them in the legislature. I'm not for any of those things, but they don't belong in the state Constitution. And that's what issue one is all about. And as you mentioned, Ohio is a vast outlier compared to other states. Most states don't even allow a citizen group to put a constitutional question on the ballot. And that's kind of a misnomer because it's often not a citizen group. It's not like a bunch of people get together in their living room and and come up with this. It's often a out-of-state special interest group with very deep pockets that try to do this. But only 17 states in the whole country even allow a citizen-initiated constitutional amendment. This wouldn't change that. Ohio would still be one of those very few states where citizens can propose a change to our constitution. All we're saying is that we should have the same safeguards in place that most other states do, and that is elevating the standard and building a bigger consensus before somebody changes the Constitution. One last thing, and this shows the hypocrisy of the left when it comes to this. If you look at groups like the Ohio Democratic Party, who opposes Issue 1, well, it's it's inconsistent for them to oppose Issue 1 because their own party bylaws, the party bylaws of the Ohio Democratic Party, which they call their party constitution, requires a 60% vote to pass a change to the Democratic Party bylaws. Yeah, that, that is voters. quite an irony. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's right. And uh, I saw that circulating out on the uh, Internet and on Twitter, and it was absolutely true. Yeah. Part of their state constitution of their party 
requires 60%. And here they are complaining that we're raising our standard to 60%. We're talking with Secretary of State Frank LaRose. We're talking about issue one, the August 8th special election. Uh, Mr. Secretary, when I'm looking at the amended language, uh, a couple of questions have come, and I'd like to address these with you. Uh, Here it says in uh, one provision of it, required that any initiative petition filed on or after January 1st, 2024, with the Secretary of State proposing to amend the Constitution of the State of Ohio, be signed by at least 5% of the electors of each county based on the total vote in the county for governor in the last preceding election. goes on in the next section. Specify that additional signatures may not be added to any initiative petition proposing to amend the Constitution of the State of Ohio that is filed with the Secretary of State on or after January 1, 2024. So where people are confused, if Issue 1 on August 8th passes, it will go into effect before the November uh, ballot, which uh, the abortion ballot measure is trying to target November as when they want their uh, petition or their amendment on the ballot. Um, This law would go into effect if passed on August 8th prior to the November election. Is that correct? That's correct. So what happens is if the voters of Ohio vote yes on issue one between now and August 8th and early begin early voting begins on July 11th, then the uh, 60% threshold would go into immediate effect. The legislature chose, and I believe this is fair on their part, that for groups that are already out there gathering signatures and already have that effort underway, that you can't just change the, the rules uh, you know, on, on them as far as the number of petitions you need, the number of petition signatures that's right. you need to gather to qualify. And so that's why they had a delayed effective date for the number of petitions and which counties uh, you need to circulate petitions in. Right now, uh, you're allowed to get signatures. You can you can qualify for the ballot with signatures in only half of the counties, and that means you could just focus on the big, uh, more urban and more developed counties. But we believe if you're going to have a change to the Constitution that impacts all of Ohio, that you should have to gather signatures in all 88 counties, and that's what this uh, that's what that provision is meant to do. Okay, so just to clarify, the language in there that says January 1st, 2024, is addressing any future constitutional amendment petitions that would be circulated. Uh, But it doesn't mean that this uh, 60% threshold increase requirement would be delayed until 2024. It will go into effect um, when? Not immediately, but when will it go into effect if passed on August 8th? No, it would take immediate effect. Once the results of the August 8th election are certified, uh, then then that takes immediate effect uh, once the voters support that. And again, there's just two separate provisions in here. One raises the elevates the threshold to 60 percent to pass a constitutional amendment. That would take immediate effect once we certify the results of the election, which generally happens a couple weeks after the election, once the boards of elections have done their post-election audits, carefully uh, considered the uh, Uh, For example, overseas military ballots that come in a few days after the uh, election sometimes. Once that process runs, that'll take immediate effect once we certify the result of that election. But the increase in the signature gathering requirements to gather signatures in all 88 counties, uh, that that would not take effect until the first of the year. Very good. Again, we're talking with Secretary Strait Frank LaRose. We're talking about the August 8th special election. And issue one, and we're urging a yes vote on issue one. That means the Ohio Christian Alliance is urging a yes vote. So, Mr. Secretary, when we look at voter registration, 
the deadline to register to vote or amend your voter registration if you've changed address, um, if uh, you've just turned 18, you'll need to register. Um, then uh, that the deadline for that to vote in the August 8th election is July 10th? July 10th. Yes, sir. That's July 10th. And think about this. Uh, if you've got a loved one in your family that just turned 18 this year or will turn 18 any time before uh, up until and including August 8th, say, you're, uh, say you have a child or grandchild whose birthday is August 8th, they can register to vote right now, and they should do that right now at VoteOhio.gov. That's the easiest place to do it. It takes about two minutes to do online. If you prefer to use the paper form, you can get that from any library, Bureau of Motor Vehicles location. You can stop at your county board of elections and just go uh, do it right there on the spot. And so remember, you know, remind your friends to get registered to vote. Young people in your neighborhood, maybe uh, the neighbor kid that cuts your grass, for example, uh, talk to them about getting registered to vote if they've turned 18 or will be turning 18 by August 8th. And then, again, your neighbors, maybe the person that you sit next to in church that just moved recently, remind them to go to VoteOhio.gov and update their address uh, so that they can make sure that their voice is heard. That deadline, again, is July 10th because starting on July 11th, early voting is underway and will continue for four weeks. And I want to make sure people know it is a good way to vote if you want to. If you're going to be traveling with your family on August 8th, you can vote uh, starting on July 10th. Um, and you can get the hours and locations again at our website, voteohio.gov. Or you can request an absentee ballot and vote from the comfort of your own home. It's easy to do. Try it. You'll like it. Uh, you can actually put in that request right now. If you put in a request uh, to, to, to get an absentee ballot, all you got to do is print the form off of our website, mail it to your county board of elections. VoteOhio.gov is the website where you get that form, and you'll be among the first to get your absentee ballot in the mail uh, as soon as they start mailing those out on July 11th. So again, early voting begins July 11th for the August 8th special election. Voter registration deadline is uh, July 10th. And uh, Mr. Secretary, so one other requirement that uh, is new in Ohio and a good one for um the security of our election system, and that is photo voter, excuse, excuse me, photo voter ID requirement. Explain to us the uh, change in the law and what folks need to be prepared about. Yeah, so this is part of a package of election integrity reforms that I worked with the legislature to get passed last year. This is a good improvement in Ohio, and by the way, puts us right in line with the vast majority of other states in the country that simply says you've got to prove your identity when you come to vote. Uh, prior to last year, when people came to vote, 98% of them would bring their ID because that's what most of us have in our pockets, an easy way to, to do that. But there was a backup plan. Some people would take advantage of showing their uh, maybe a bank statement, maybe a, a, a utility bill. There was a whole list of other documents that you could use to prove your identity. Well, with the passage of the bill last year, all of those are gone, and now the only way to prove your identity is with a state-issued photo ID or a military ID or a passport. There's an exhaustive list of the, the government photo ID documents that you can use on our website, but for most of us, it's our state ID or driver's license. You will be asked for that when you come to your polling location, so make sure you've got it. And if you don't have it, there's still a backup plan. If you show up without your ID on Election Day or if the dog ate it, uh, you will be given what's called a provisional ballot. And you know, it's a separate uh, form. It, it, it looks just like a normal ballot, but it goes in a separate envelope. And then for four days after the election, 
you've got the opportunity to go down to the Board of Elections, prove your identity so that your ballot will be cast uh, and counted as part of the final total. Here's one last thing to consider, Chris. (laughs) The state legislature wanted to make sure that we're not leaving any Ohio voters out of this. And so they included in there a provision where you can get a free ID if you don't have one or can't afford one or whatever else. You can go to any Bureau of Motor Vehicles location. There's hundreds of them around the state. And you can get a free state ID so that you won't be left out of voting. Now, again, the hypocrisy from the left, they're suing me to try to keep this from going into effect. We're implementing it already. That requirement is in place. But there is, well, Hillary Clinton's lawyer, a guy named Mark Elias, is suing me right now in the courts uh, to try to prevent this from taking effect. We're fighting it. Myself and the attorney general are fighting it hard. And I'm confident that we'll win it, uh, just like they have in other states, because it's a thoughtful well-laid-out piece of legislation. And again, most Ohioans, Republicans and Democrats, agree you should have to prove your identity when you come to vote. Absolutely. We've been working on that for a number of years and found that the majority of Ohioans, again, regardless of party affiliation, wanted uh, to secure Ohio's vote with a voter photo ID requirement. And thank you, Mr. Secretary, for working on those election integrity laws and implementing them. And we uh, trust that things will work out and, and will be upheld in the courts uh, because it's very reasonable and, like you said, not unreasonable of what other states are doing. But it seems like the political left always wants a pound on Ohio uh, because they, they just uh, really don't like that we're a conservative state and they don't like the things we do here, but we're going to keep at it. Well, Mr. Secretary, thank you so much for being my guest today. Again, you'll be with us uh, Thursday night at the Freedom Bank. We thank you for that, and we look forward to seeing you then. Really looking forward to it, Chris, and thanks for all you do. And please keep our election officials and poll workers in your prayers. They work really hard for us. Absolutely. And we'll continue to recruit folks to work the polls as well as we head not only to August, but to the November uh, November election as well. Two minutes. Thank you. So if you've missed any of today's interview, you can hear it in its entirety. You can, you can, you can Go ahead, Mr. Secretary. Uh, do that. You can... Sorry, Chris, for talking over you. You can sign up to be a poll worker at VoteOhio.gov. They train you uh, to do the work. They, they give you uh, a good polling location to work at right in your community, and you'll be on the front lines of running another free and fair election for Ohio. So, again, VoteOhio.gov is the place to sign up if you want to be among the nearly 40,000 poll workers that it takes to run Election Day in Ohio. Wonderful. Thank you, Mr. Secretary. God bless you, sir. Thank you, sir. Take care. We'll see you. Again, that was uh, Secretary of State Frank LaRose is our guest today. If you've missed any of today's program, you can hear it in its entirety at our website at ohioca.org. Well, stick around. We're going to talk more about Issue 1 and the specifics of it, why it's needed, and we are urging a yes vote on Issue 1 on the August 8th special election ballot. As you heard from the Secretary, if you need to amend or update your voter registration, you could do that online. Uh, We actually have a link on our website. Uh, but also the Secretary of State's website, and you can do that online, updating your voter registration. And uh, that deadline is July 10th uh, if you're going to vote in the uh, August 8th special election. Also, if you wanted to vote early, if you're going to be out of town on August 8th or on a vacation or maybe uh, scheduling a health uh, uh, time in the hospital, you want to vote early, you can do that also uh, by requesting an application for absentee ballot or voting in person at your Board of Election starting on July 11th. Well, thanks for listening. Stick around. We'll be talking more about Issue 1. Don't go away.
This is Chris Long with the Ohio Christian Alliance, inviting you to our annual Freedom Banquet Thursday, June 22nd at the Akron Fairlawn Hilton. This year, the dinner is a rally on Issue 1, the August 8th special election issue that safeguards Ohio's Constitution. Join speakers Treasurer Robert Sprague, Secretary of State Frank LaRose, Ohio Right to Life President Mike Gonadakis, and State Reps Melanie Miller and Brian Stewart. To register, log on to ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Be afraid. Be very afraid. There are those in Washington who want the IRS to take more of your hard-earned money. Are you tired of being the perpetual cash cow for every scheme, unreasonable program, and for all the fraud, waste, and abuse in our system? Well, good news. I can help. George Satari has almost 40 years of experience helping people like you keep more of what you make. It makes no sense that the more you make, the more they take. Let George help you keep your money away from the government bureaucratic waste and in your pocket. Call 216-651-1120 right now and schedule your free consultation today. Instead of a victim, you'll You'll be be the the victor. victor. With many success stories, George helps with tax planning, estate planning, financial and business analysis, and more. The new tax law has many ways to save money with retirement planning, accelerated depreciation, up to 20% exception of net earnings, and so much more. Call 216-651-1120. That's 216-651-1120. You earn it, we'll help you keep it. That's George Satari, CPA, 216-651-1120. In the Army National Guard, soldiers serve part-time and close to home. My community means everything to me. It helped shape me into who I am today and is where I choose to raise my own family. That's why I joined the Army National Guard. I'm proud of where I'm from. And as a soldier, I get to give back to the people that helped me succeed. The education benefits I got from serving helped me get my degree and jumpstart my career. The training and leadership skills I've gained from the Army National Guard help me every day when I teach young people, help my neighbors, and look out for my community. I know that when my neighbors need us the most, my fellow soldiers and I will be ready. My family loves it here, and my part-time service means we get to stay here. Serve part-time in the community you live in as a proud member of the Army National Guard. Talk to your local recruiter or visit NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. The following is a previously aired broadcast. Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. We're going to be talking about the all-important issue one that's coming up on the August 8th special election ballot. And maybe you've heard about this. If you haven't, you need to stay tuned this hour as we're going to be talking about it. Uh, With me on the phone is Pastor Al Davis, who is a board member of the Ohio Christian Alliance and pastors the Richfield Bible Baptist Church. Uh, And also live with Pastor Al, you hear him right here on WHKW uh, each week as well on his program. We're going to be talking about Issue 1 and why it's important to safeguard Ohio's Constitution And you might ask, why now? Well, we're going to talk about that, and we're going to break it down. 
Uh, but really, we want to talk to you also about an upcoming rally on Issue 1, which is the annual Freedom Banquet of the Ohio Christian Alliance. That's next Thursday. That's June 22nd at the Akron Fairlawn Hilton. This is our annual fundraiser, and if you've been listening to this program, you benefit from the information we provide you. This is a good time to support the Ohio Christian Alliance. Actually, to come out for a great meal, a great time of fellowship and patriotism, and actually we'll be talking about Issue 1 and have plenty of materials for you to take back home as well. There'll be yard signs on Issue 1. There'll be handouts on Issue 1 for your local congregation and for your friends and contacts. That's next Thursday, June 22nd, at the Akron Fairlawn Hilton, and that's 3180 West Market Street in Akron. You can register for the event at our website at ohioca.org, or just search Ohio Christian Alliance. Again, that's ohioca.org, and you can uh, register and buy your tickets there. Individual tickets are $75. A table of 10 is $700 if you have a group that's coming with you. Uh, But we would love to see you there. Uh, Again, there will be a great time of fellowship at the 6 p.m. reception, the 7 o'clock dinner. And our guests include, and the speakers that night, our Treasurer of State, Robert Sprague, will be speaking. Also, State Representatives Melanie Miller and State Representative Brian Stewart. He'll talk about Issue 1 and why it is important to put it on the August 8th ballot and why it's important to safeguard Ohio's Constitution. He actually championed H.G.R. 1 through the General Assembly, which put Issue 1 on the August 8th ballot. Also, Mike Gadadakis, the president of Ohio Right to Life, Bob Burney, from the Salem Station in Columbus, will be our MC for the evening. And also, Frank LaRose will be with us, Secretary of State. So we'll be talking about Issue 1. We'll have uh, some patriotic music and a good time of fellowship. But really, uh, that's next Thursday at the Akron Fairlawn Hilton, the annual Freedom Banquet of the Ohio Christian Alliance, a rally on Issue 1. Well, also uh, want to share with you, um, this last week we were able to be in Washington for the D-Day Prayer edition uh, dedication, the Friends of the World War II Memorial and the U.S. Park Service. You heard last week's program. We were there in Washington, and uh, it's a wonderful, fitting tribute in addition to the World War II Memorial and already has had thousands of visitors who have come up to read the prayer that FDR prayed with the nation on on the evening of June 6, 1944, D-Day. So we hope when you get to Washington, you take some time to get over there to the World War II Memorial. Many of you know that through the years we've been working on this project together. You have prayed, you have encouraged, you've written letters in support of it, and of course made contributions. We thank you for that. And what we want to say is mission accomplished. We told those men we would get it done. Well, with God's grace, we were able to add that prayer. Well, issue one, why is that important to safeguard Ohio's Constitution? Let's go back a few years to the ballot when gambling casinos uh, actually put four locations on the ballot, and this was a constitutional amendment. This isn't just a simple law that we were passing on the ballot. It was a constitutional amendment. That means it's part of the state constitution. Think about that for a minute. It was four addresses with named individuals uh, who would be these casino owners, and uh, the people of Ohio uh, mistakenly and unfortunately voted that into our state constitution. They looked afterwards in chagrin and thought, what did we just do? 
They had to come back, by the way, a year later and change one of the addresses because of a move in Columbus. Uh, so the whole thing is ridiculous when these special interests come into the state of Ohio and exploit our constitutional amendment process. What is that? Well, for about 100 years now, and it was a progressive movement at the time that brought it to about 26 states across the country. In fact, it was the last progressive movement with Teddy Roosevelt, who left the Republican Party and began a progressive movement himself, and uh, 26 states adopted a constitutional amendment process. Well, it's not just a simple law or a statute that passes. Uh, That would be a 50-50 proposition on the ballot. But passing something to put in your Constitution, think about that for a minute. Pastor Al, you need two-thirds to change the federal Constitution, and it's only been amended 26 times. The Ohio Constitution, since 1912, has been uh, amended over 106 times. It's a pretty messy document because special interests have exploited our constitutional amendment process. Your thoughts? You're absolutely right, Chris, and not only that, I can put the uh, the United States Constitution in my pocket in a little booklet the size of a pocket calendar. I can't do that with the Ohio Constitution. It's it's a small book uh, because of that. But uh, you're absolutely right. We have a code of laws in the state of Ohio where you're supposed to deal with all the details. The Constitution is supposed to lay down the uh, the basic uh, principles by which our state is governed, just like the uh, the U.S. Constitution lays down the basic principles and format for the governing of this nation. And then the, the Congress passes laws to, uh, to apply those principles and to carry out what's outlined in the Constitution. And as you pointed out, having addresses of casinos and things in the state Constitution is just ridiculous. Uh, it is time that we get this back in uh, line with uh, what we ought to have in a constitutional republic. We're not eliminating the constitutional amendment process with uh, Issue 1 on August 8th. It's simply raising the threshold for passage from 50% to 60%. Now, the, the constitutional amendment process on the federal level is two-thirds, and that would be 67%. Uh, And, of course, uh, two-thirds of the states have to ratify a constitutional amendment on the federal level. Only 26 times has that been done since the original document uh, over 240-some years ago when our nation was founded. Uh, So the state constitution is a simple uh, 50-50 proposition, and that's what makes it so uh, uh, basically at risk for special interests that come in with a lot of money, and that also come in with uh, a lot of campaign money to run television ads that deceive the voter into passing uh, something that later on that they say, what did we just do? Well, many of you also know that in November, there's a good likelihood that an abortion radical amendment will be on the November ballot, and that is a full ninth-month pregnancy abortion uh, on demand in the state of Ohio by the ACLU radical abortion interest. And we want to stop that because what's happening is uh, these groups are circulating for petition right now to get on the ballot. They need, by July 5th, uh, 418,000 signatures. And Pastor Al, I want to report right now, we just got a report last week at a pastor's meeting I was at, that they uh, it is rumored that they have 740,000 signatures with a month to go. They're probably going to shoot for a million signatures 
uh, th- if that's true, then in all likelihood, they're going to have enough signatures to be on the November ballot, and that really spells trouble for Ohio for our pro-life laws, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. I was just at the store yesterday with my daughter, and a young man came up to us smiling and said, would you like to sign our petition? I said, what for? Expecting what the answer was going to be. And he said, to protect women's health. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, I, I, I did study biology in college, and uh, so I do have a biology degree. But uh, somehow to me, the killing of a female baby is not the protection of that woman's health, is it? That that seems a very dangerous thing to that woman. But but it is very disingenuous how they present it. And, uh, and the idea is that they can get enough people convinced that it's merely a good thing to protect women's health, that people don't look to see what the actual issue involves, that they can get enough to get a bare minimum majority, which in Ohio, with an estimated 8.9 million voters, all they need is 50.00001% of the vote to pass this, which pretty much guarantees a lot of people will be upset. Um, and uh, yeah, this is to protect women, it's to protect children, unborn children, and it's also to protect our state. Um, our state is a pro-life state, and if this uh, a radical abortion amendment was to be passed in November, we would instantly become a radical pro-death state. And uh, I think God's people need to be aware of that, and that's why this issue one is important as well, isn't it? It really is, and to safeguard Ohio's unborn. In, the, in this state, over the last 30 years, we have moved forward to, to restrict abortion on demand and protect the unborn child, and quite honestly, women who have ex- been exploited by abortion, of which they regret that stays with them the rest of their lives. Let's talk about banning partial birth abortion. Ohio was one of the first states to do that. Uh, also, we have a heartbeat law in the state. When a heartbeat is detected, uh, abortion is restricted. That's being challenged in before the Ohio Supreme Court. Uh, That law went into effect last summer after the fall of Roe v. Wade with the Dobbs decision. And for four months when it was in operation, Pastor Al, we've got reports all over the state, it was saving babies' lives. Uh, Radical abortion interest in uh, Cincinnati with a municipal court judge uh, challenged it and um, deemed it unconstitutional. That's been appealed by our state attorney general, Dave Yost, and that is being heard before the state Supreme Court. We have a a 20-week abortion ban in this state as well. That's in effect currently. These are pro-life laws that were passed over the years, including parental right notification. That parental rights notification uh, is a great law that lets, uh, that means that a minor cannot be exploited by abortion uh, counselors uh, to try to take a youth away to get an abortion without the parent's notification. So this is all important laws that we have on the books. All of that will be wiped out in the event that that abortion ballot radical amendment in November passes. But hopefully, if we all get out there on August 8th and vote yes on issue one, to raise the threshold to 60%, there's a good likelihood they will not be able to get that done in November. Pastor Al, your thoughts? Right, because uh, when you get up to 60%, uh, that's going to show a clear uh, uh, direction of the state rather than just, uh, you know, something that could be 
influenced very slightly either way, um, which, of course, is one of the dangers of a pure democracy is just simply majority rules. As I've always said, a democracy is, is two wolves and a lamb voting for what they have for dinner. Um, but by having a 60% majority, it ensures that the vast majority of the people uh, are in agreement with the decision, and it also helps to overcome the problems that you have of people who don't understand the issue and, and people who may be misled on the issue and all of that. Uh, it, it's a great safeguard for our, you know, for a republic, which we are. And I really do believe that uh, the other side understands this, and this is why they're fighting against it so much, trying to claim that this takes away your vote. Um, I really don't see how it takes away your vote because not only will everybody have the ability to vote on this in August, um, but also you'll still be able to vote on any issue, any amendment that's uh, on the ballot in November. Nobody's vote is taken away. Uh, it, it, everybody still has a vote, but we get a clear understanding of, of what the vast majority of Ohioans believe on an issue by raising it to 60%. Um, anybody that thinks that that's taking away your vote, I'm not sure what logic they're using. Well, over the years, the Ohio Christian Alliance has worked on a constitutional amendment issues. Let's go back to 2004. We actually worked on getting Ohio's marriage amendment passed on the ballot. It passed by nearly 62%. Let's look at uh, Ohio's health care uh, bill, of uh, the Freedom Bill that we worked with with conservative groups. That passed by over 60%. Or Marcy's Law, that was a victim's rights amendment that went into the Constitution a few years ago. That passed by over 60%. So again, the 60% threshold, when there are positive issues that, that Ohioans truly understand, do not have a problem getting over the 60% threshold. But if you're talking about casino gaming, they didn't win by that much. They won by just a few percentage points. In fact, votes cast on Election Day defeated those casino amendments like we had done for 20 years. What put them over the top was early voting. And I want to talk about early voting because we do have 28 days of early voting here in the state of Ohio. And so many of us, including Pastor Al and I, like to vote traditionally on Election Day. But early voting does have a place. For instance, if you're going into surgery or if you're going to be on vacation or you think that there might be a reason you can't get to the polls, access and get an absentee ballot. Make sure that your ballot and your vote's going to count for the August 8th election. In fact, people on the political left side of the aisle are going to pack that ballot box in those 28 days with no votes on issue one. Folks, we need to at least compete or match them in that effort and then also put us over the top on election day by voting yes on issue one, August 8th. Let's look at some important dates here. If you're not registered to vote or if you need to update your voter registration or if you have some new voters in your household that just turned 18 or you've just moved to the state of Ohio and you want to register and vote, debt voter registration deadline is July 10th for the August 8th uh, special election. Again, that's July 10th is the voter registration deadline. So you can register right now uh, and to update your voter registration as well at the Secretary of State's website. Also at our website at Ohio Christian Alliance, we'll have a link uh, registered to vote. 
and right up towards the top and click on that. It will take you to the Secretary of State's website and that you can register to vote online. It is a secure uh, process. It's been vetted over the last few years. We originally had some concerns with this, but we said that photo ID license had to be part of that deal, and it's actually proven to be a good working uh, process of online voter registration. So let's also look then on Tuesday, July 11th, that's when absentee or early voting begins, early in-person voting. That's when a person can go to the Board of Elections and actually uh, sign in and register, well, vote right then uh, if you're a registered voter. And then also August 6th, early uh, in-person voting ends on August 6th. And then, of course, the election is August 8th. So these are all important dates. So remember this, the voter registration deadline is July 10th for the August 8th special election. And then uh, early voting begins on July 11th, but closes out on August the 6th. So uh, just two days before the August 8th special election, which is a Tuesday. So if there's for any reason you're going to be on vacation or you're traveling or you're going to go to surgery or you've got a doctor's appointment, please make sure that you vote in person or absentee, casting your ballot and vote yes. The Ohio Christian Alliance is urging a yes vote on issue one, August 8th. Pastor Al, your thoughts? Oh, absolutely. I agree. God's people need to get involved. There's clearly good reason for it. You know, we are to be salt and light in the world. Uh, I certainly urge people to vote yes on issue one on August 8th. Um, I had a question posed to me, well, why would a church be talking about this? I said, it was because of morality. It's, It's a moral issue because this directly affects what we do in our state, addressing, as you pointed out, in November, the likelihood of a radical abortion issue. If that's not a moral issue that God's people can be concerned about and involved in, I don't know what is. And this is something that will help assure that God's people can weigh in and let their voices be heard on the moral issues of our day as they get put on the ballot, not only the abortion issue, but others potentially in the future. Well, that's exactly right. I was talking uh, online today with former Senate President Larry Oboff, who is a constitutional attorney, and he was saying that he was on a commission to help clean up the Ohio Constitution. And it's a bipartisan commission, and this is the way in which uh, outdated language or things that are no longer uh, applicable in the Constitution can be um, uh, revised or amended by a uh, a bipartisan group in the Ohio Senate that's brought together for this commission. We're actually going to have him on the program to talk about that process. But even a few years ago, Democrats were clamoring that we raise the constitutional amendment process to 55%. (laughs) Well, we're just five points away from where their uh, thought was. And they've been, uh, some of the radical left liberals have been decrying this as uh, an anti-democratic movement. Uh, that's ridiculous, and let me explain. What was interesting is somebody put up on Twitter, Pastor Al, that the Democratic Party of Ohio, to change their state constitution within their party, uh, takes uh, 60%. (laughs) Talk about the irony of ironies, okay? And somebody quoted it right from their charter in the Democratic Party platform to change their 
their charter or their amendment takes a 60% vote within their uh, group. So <laughs> they're obviously not opposed to that, but uh, somehow they're opposed to us putting it to 60% uh, because that's a wall they cannot climb uh, to push radical abortion issues or radical leftist agendas. And folks, that's what the radical left seeks to do. Only eight states, I mentioned earlier, 26 states originally, now only eight states have a simple 50% majority uh, passage for a constitutional amendment. And hopefully, come August 8th, Ohio will not be one of them. They'll be down to seven because we'll uh, raise ours to 60%. Pastor Al, your thoughts? Well, absolutely. Are. We're certainly praying that uh, uh, that we will see a success with issue one on August 8th. And because uh, I really do believe that this will enable God's people to make a difference and it will enable us to defeat the abortion amendment in November. And uh, certainly we need to be involved. Uh, this is this is one of the reasons I believe that uh, people ought to be listening to your program and uh, going to the Ohio Christian Alliance website uh, for the information that all too often we're not getting. Uh, too many of our churches, uh, the pastors are not aware of these, these issues. And, and if they are aware, they're not aware of what they can do personally. And uh, you have some tremendous resources there available uh, to help pastors explain to their churches these issues and to help Christians find information that they need that we can make our vote count and count uh, for God in the elections. Well, that's right. The Ohio Christian Alliance provides uh, voter registration packets to churches. We also provide an educational voter guide. It will be a bulletin insert with informative information on Issue 1. We do advocate for a yes vote on Issue 1. In fact, pastors and churches can do the same uh, where you may not be uh, able to or want to endorse candidates. We don't endorse candidates. You can be issue advocacy. A C3 organization, a charitable organization like a church, can be issue-oriented and uh, advocacy. In fact, you can spend up to 5% of your annual income on issue advocacy. Uh, we're not asking you to do that. We're just asking pastors to take a, a stand and tell their congregants, get out there and vote yes on issue one. We will have bulletin inserts some of which can be downloaded from our website, also requested from our website, and we'll ship them to you uh, free of charge to be able to distribute to your congregation. Again, that's at the Ohio Christian Alliance website. That's ohioca.org. Also, don't forget our Freedom Banquet coming up next week, Thursday, June 22nd, at the Akron Fairlawn Hilton. Join Secretary of State Frank LaRose, State Treasurer Robert Sprague, State Representative Melody Miller, State Representative Brian Stewart, uh, President of Ohio Right to Life, Mike Gonadakis, and other special guests as we uh, have a dinner program and a rally on Issue 1. That's at the Akron Fairlawn Hilton, 6 p.m. reception, 7 p.m. dinner, but you have to register. Tickets are $75. The proceeds benefit the Ohio Christian Alliance, and we hope to see you next Thursday. If you have any questions about the banquet, you can phone us also at 330-887-1922. That's 330-887-1922. Well, thank you, Pastor Al, for joining me today. Appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate the opportunity. You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. 
To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.